This is Bobby Guy with the 10 Minute Health BizCast. This is album seven, track one. Welcome back to the 10 Minute Health BizCast. Today we're opening album seven, where we continue to look at the rapidly changing healthcare environment. Change requires capital, and that's what I'm gonna talk about today. Then, over the next 10 weeks, we're going to hear from a number of fairly high-profile guests. Lisa Piercy of Tristella Health, talking about changing rural health care. Alice Bonner from the Moving Forward Coalition, talking about how this is a never-again moment in senior housing. Sarma Velamuri, talking about his mission to make sepsis the number two killer of patients in hospitals. Kurt Reed of RSF Capital and the NIC Conference, talking about the tipping point in the healthcare investing environment. Thought leader Paul Keckley talking about how the business of healthcare has the opportunity to change healthcare. And then several more guests, including a couple who will talk about some very cool new AI applications in healthcare. To kick off album seven, I want to talk about what we refer to as the war on private equity in healthcare. What am I talking about? Over the last few years, there's been a loud voice from the federal government suggesting quite strongly that private equity investment is bad for healthcare. Why? The thinking is that private equity is all about maximizing profit for investors, and therefore, after private equity buys a healthcare company, it reduces costs, reduces staffing, and gets worse results for patients. We've had congressional hearings, we've had a push to prevent private equity investment in the skilled nursing industry, and we've had stronger scrutiny by the Federal Trade Commission on whether to approve healthcare mergers and acquisitions, especially when private equity is involved. We don't take political positions on the podcast, so why the topic for today? Because this has serious potential to affect the business of healthcare, and because there's a serious misunderstanding about how we got here and where we should go next. Think you know what I'm going to say? Good luck. Take your best guess. You probably won't predict where I'm going. If you want to grow a company in healthcare or any other industry, there are four types of investment money in the world, and there are only four types. Your equity money in the company has to come from one of these places. The first is public market money, like money raised on the New York Stock Exchange or NASDAQ when a company sells shares to the public and gets listed on the exchange. The second is private market money, investments that come from private equity funds, family offices, and venture capital, for example. The third is nonprofit money, charitable contributions raised by nonprofit companies to pursue their mission. And the fourth is government money, where the government uses tax money to provide the service to the public. In healthcare, think about a county hospital. One of the things that has always fascinated me is when we view a trend as normal in our own age and we don't realize that it's actually new. The reason we don't realize it's new is usually that it became law 20 or 30 years ago before most of us were in the workforce. And this is what's interesting about the four types of equity today. In the year 2001, Enron and WorldCom two of the biggest companies on the New York Stock Exchange at the time, and both of whom were darlings of the market, went bankrupt as a result of major financial frauds. It was a shock, and there was national outrage. The result was an immediate backlash against public companies and a demand that we tighten up the laws regulating public companies. So, Congress passed a law called Sarbanes-Oxley, also known as SOX, 
Sarbanes significantly expanded reporting requirements for public companies and created serious penalties for company leadership for any misrepresentations. The pendulum swung all the way from what was viewed as a lax environment for public companies to a very strict environment for public companies, and it had an unintended effect. Congress was trying to protect the public from bad investments, but what it did was protect the public from all investments. Hear me out. The result of Sarbanes has been that very few companies go public now. From 1982 to 2002, we created approximately 7,000 public companies in the U.S. Since 2002, we've only created about 2,300 public companies. That's a huge difference. Not only are we not creating new public companies, but in addition, the number of public companies has been dropping significantly as a result of companies merging or deciding to go private where they don't have to deal with Sarbanes and all the reporting requirements. Ever heard of the Wilshire 5000 Stock Market Index? 20 years ago, it used to track 5,000 companies on the U.S. stock exchanges. Now in 2023, it tracks about 3,400 public companies, because that's about all there are. So in 2002, Sarbanes basically closed the public markets to most companies. So if we don't have public market money, and now we're talking about blocking private equity investment from healthcare, what does that leave? Just nonprofits and government money. And that's not a good result. It takes a lot of money to innovate. So while the government's now complaining about private equity, realize it's the government that helped create the private equity industry and make it so successful. For the last 20 years, if you've wanted investment money for your company, healthcare or otherwise, private equity has been almost the only place to go. We barely realize this because few of us remember a world before Sarbanes was the law of the land. So instead of picking on private equity, what I think we should be doing is making it easier for U.S. companies to go public again. The result will be more balance, more competition for dollars, and more transparency in healthcare that the government is asking for. We don't want to go back to what it was like before Sarbanes, but we need to swing the pendulum back to the middle. Revise Sarbanes so that we reopen the public markets and encourage companies to sell shares on the public exchanges again. This shouldn't be controversial. And as to the private equity funds, they would likely be in favor of easing access to the public markets. Because over the last 20 years, they've grown the companies they've invested into the point that they'd like to take some of them public now. As to the government's campaign against private equity, of course there are some bad apples out there. But don't burn down the private equity orchard just because of a few bad apples. The solution here is to create more investment opportunities for the public in health care, not less, and it's time to reopen the public markets. If you ask me what I would change about health care if I could snap my fingers, it might be this. Because if you can dramatically increase the dollars available, to be invested in healthcare, then you can really innovate and make a difference. I think the unintended effect of Sarbanes, of running companies off the public markets and reducing the number of US public companies, is ripe for study. And if you're interested in helping lead a study, call me. I'd love to help, and I can tell you about healthcare and how it relates. One of my long-term goals is to help bring back the public markets. Before we go, there's another new law that's worth talking about. And it's also a result of living in the shadow of Sarbanes. Have you heard of the Corporate Transparency Act? It becomes effective on January 1, 2024. And the act requires most private companies to file disclosures of the identities of their direct and indirect owners. The filings are made with the Financial Crimes Division of the U.S. Treasury Department. So the filings aren't available to the public. 
But this is a big deal for private equity and private equity-backed companies because it may force them to disclose their investors. And privacy has always been one of the advantages for private equity. Congress's stated reason for the Corporate Transparency Act is to help prevent money laundering and financial crimes. But I think one of the unwritten reasons is that it also starts to bring transparency to the private equity industry that public companies already have to provide. And I think that's part of what Congress is driving at. Realize that the Corporate Transparency Act is a result of several changes in the last several decades. The revolution in limited liability companies that started in the 1990s, the globalization of finance, and the massive growth of private companies with billions in revenue instead of the public companies we used to have with private companies being much harder to monitor and regulate. The third reason is a direct result of Sarbanes. There's nothing wrong with private companies. Private equity is too easy a target. And instead of trying to lay blame, it's time for Congress to look at itself and the laws that it's created that put us in the situation that it now does not like. I'll close with this. You've heard me say that healthcare is in the midst of the biggest revolution of our lifetimes, the biggest change in three generations. And as a result, we have a massive opportunity to use the business of healthcare to change healthcare for the better, to do well by doing good. More public market investment in healthcare would help create opportunities to achieve that. And my sincere hope is that we can start to swing the pendulum back. We look forward to sharing Album 7 with you. Cheers. This has been the 10-Minute Health BizCast, broadcasting from Nashville, Tennessee. Thanks for joining us.